in the 22nd chapter of the Gospel according to St. Matthew, we read of a scribe who came to challenge Jesus, came to catch him out. He asked him, which is the greatest commandment? He was a man well-versed in the laws of his religion, the rules of his religion. No doubt he considered himself sanctified, justified before God for the way that he had kept those rules and laws. His strictness in the application of the law of Moses he believed would save him. There is a writing by Father Seraphim Rose where he warns us that in the end times knowing every church canon being able to recite high-level theological concepts having a great faith that exists in the mind alone will not be enough to enable us to discern the Antichrist he warns us that faith must be also of the heart only a heart Saint Father Seraphim Rose says that is purified and is warmed in the love of God will be able to discern truth from lies truth from evil will be able to recognize the Antichrist and know that he is not the Messiah and Jesus when he responds to the scribe he teaches that the greatest of the commandments first is to love God with all your heart your soul and mind and the second is to love your neighbor as yourself the commandment that Christ calls the greatest is love and it flows from the very nature of God because God is love and therefore we are commanded we must love to love is to imitate God it is to begin to be transformed transformed by the love of God the presence of God it is the healing of the image of God within us that we have defaced by our failure to love but not just our failure to love often our refusal to love our denial of love this inflicts defilement on our soul and on the image of God within us and love brings healing and Jesus teaches first that we must love God before everything else before everything the love of God must come first and this is not a theoretical or impersonal love it is love in faith that we are truly drawing close to God enables us to draw close in an intimate way with the living God only when we love God are we able to know him are we able to experience his love and the deeper and greater our love for God the deeper and greater our entry into the presence of God love enables us to know God more deeply we see in Jesus response such a simplicity a simplicity that anyone can understand the fulfillment of everything God calls us to 
is to love him and to love each other. But Christ, of course, goes on to say we must love God with all our heart, our soul, and our mind. He's saying we are to love God completely, with everything that we are, every part of ourselves, holding nothing back, being willing to sacrifice everything in order to know God more deeply. And this requires that we repent of everything that not only prevents but diminishes our capacity to love God. We must repent of everything that stands in the way of loving God completely and first before all things. We must repent of everything that is preventing us to allow God into our lives utterly and completely. And by heart, soul and mind, Jesus is teaching us that we must be directed towards God in everything. Everything that we are, everything that we do must be directed towards God. Be willing to give up, turn away from everything necessary to be near and serve him. And this involves everything that we create, everything that we think, our culture, our science. Everything must be directed at honouring God, not on honouring man and ourselves. Everything that detracts from God is to be rejected. Of course, we, we can't keep some small corner of our lives separate and say, but that one small part of me, that's one small part of what I do, well, that's for me. That's what I keep back. This is not the wholeness of ourselves and the wholeness of our lives. And then, of course, Jesus links love of God with love of neighbour. And Jesus had taught us that um, by neighbour, God means everybody. The parable of the Good Samaritan. Everybody is our neighbour. We must move beyond tribe, family. There is no special group or special individual that we are permitted to say, I don't need to love them. God is willing to allow me not to love this person or this group. We are called to love everybody, however objectionable, however much we disagree with what they do or how they live, or even what they demand of us. This is so, such a difficult calling, this love of neighbour. And Jesus goes on to say that when we try to love this way, this love fulfills the law, the law of Moses. It fulfills everything that the prophets taught us. The law and the Moses, uh, the law and the prophets are fulfilled by love. Now, of course, the scholar who came to test Jesus, to trick him up, to catch him out with his legalistic thinking, was hoping for an answer that could be quotable in rules and laws, hoping that Jesus would give him some standard by which the law of Moses could be set out. And these are the rules. 
But Jesus, Jesus makes it very clear that spiritual growth must always be judged by the degree to which we have loved. Spiritual growth, spiritual progress must always be judged by the degree to which we have loved. Love God and loved our neighbour. Every action, every thought, every word must be subjected to this, this holy, eternal, heavenly standard, the standard of love. We must ask ourselves always, constantly, every day, in all that we do, Am I acting out of love? Do my motives, my desires, conform to love? Am I seeking to serve God? Am I seeking to care for my neighbour? Or am I driven by, by ego, by greed, by selfishness, by fear? Am I driven by any of these demonic urges and passions that we allow to grow within us. What are my motives? So let us put away the, the empty pride of our learning and our status and our correctness. Let us put aside our judgment of others for failing to reach, to achieve the high standards we imagine that we have somehow reached. And let us, let us judge ourselves, let us judge ourselves always by the standard of love. And let us remember, let us remember that it is by this measure of love that God will judge us.